Welcome to Story Guts. Uh, I'm Molly Curran. And I'm Alice Sly. And this is where we explore what the stories we tell tell about us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh. listening. All right. That's it for Story Guts. I'm um, Alice Sly. I got distracted as I was talking because my cat Felix like just walked by me jingling his little bell. Uh, for the past um, week or so, we... Well, about a week ago, I was in Canada. I'm telling this to the audience, not to you, Alice. I know you already know. I was in Canada, um, and I was at the uh, Stratford um, Stratford Festival, which used to be a Shakespeare festival, but now is um, a lot of different plays, including quite a bit of Shakespeare. It's called um, Stratford because it used to be a Shakespeare festival place. Stratford upon no, it's it's Canada? in it's. I mean, it's in Stratford, Ontario. The town is called Stratford. Okay, so they're always... So I think they, so I think they used that as a reason to have a Shakespeare-based I see. Okay. festival. And then the festival has expanded. They've been doing it since like 1952 or something like that. Oh my god. Um, yeah, it's really long. Um, anyway, it was very interesting, and I'm happy to talk to anybody about the whole experience, and if you ever want to go, I can recommend a and b with the most interesting people I've ever met in the world as hosts. Um, but the reason I bring it up now is mostly because, um, I'm now back in the States, and I have a million things to do, and, uh, school starts really, really soon, um, and so I want nothing more than to just kind of, like, Go back in time and start over, start again, start this summer fresh. Okay, so I, what, it, it is interesting because when you say go back in time, like how far back are you saying? Are you saying like, oh, I want like a Time Turner-esque Hermione situation so I could like do work? Or do you want like, oh, I should go back to the start of summer? Or are you saying like, oh, I should go back to the start of college and just like reconsider my career options? I mean, I think go back to the start of summer, even like halfway through summer. I'm just saying I could use a couple more months of summer. Mm -hmm. so I would not mind. Will this be like a time paradox situation where like you are already, you, you're, the current timeline already exists. Like there is already a Molly kind of like doing her thing. And there is time traveler mm. Molly being like, oh, I can't mess up the timelines or whatever. Well, that would suck because then what would I do all summer? Yeah, it's true. Sleep maybe. Could I just go back in time to sleep <laughs> sleep for a few months i guess yeah is that allowed it certainly is i think i think a lot of people are like oh if i had hermione's time turn like why did hermione look so like not well rested when she could just like you know time turn herself a, a few more I naps. think she was only supposed to use it for classes which is another example of why harry potter is harry potter's universe is run by malicious incompetence well yes that's definitely true Okay, but remember, time turners only work in a 24-hour span, except in, um, what's that new thing that came out? The Cursed Child, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Right. I mean, we can get into the spoilers later, but I will tell you, a time, time turner that goes for much longer periods of time is central to the very, very convoluted plot. 
Oh, see, and this is, and so if you haven't guessed, we are talking about time travel. Everyone's favorite crutch for making a story completely incomprehensible. Uh, yeah, I think, I don't know if there's a single time travel story that you can press on the logic of without everything kind of falling apart. Right. Um, but, you know, could be wrong. <laughs> it could be wrong. Don't I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. I don't want to hear about your nerdy ass time travel stories well, with like correct science. That's like the most boring thing. And also it's like there's no correct science. There's like 400 different time travel ways that time travel could work. Who's to say like, you know, time travel that only works when you're not like trying to have sex with yourself is not a legitimate form of time travel. Like, oh my God. What? <laughs> okay. So wait, I have a question. Do you like time travel as a... You plot know, device the funny thing is is that i think i've seen time travel rarely enough that like usually when people bust it out it's like really good even if the time if the mechanics don't work very well i think like the done correctly it can have a big emotional impact okay so you're generally in favor it doesn't put you off it's, I'm generally in favor. I am curious, like, whether you've read a lot of, I don't know, time travel, like, fan fictions that soured you on the oh, concepts, or... Um, I mean, I have read a lot of time travel fan fiction. I don't know that it soured me on the concept. There's a lot, um, Game of Thrones fandom is a good example of this, Harry Potter as well, where a lot of shit goes down real bad, and so then there's a sort of, like, fix it where somebody goes back in time, but now they know what's going to happen, and so they try and, like, alter the situation for the better mm -hmm. um which like obviously any sort of time travel uh warning type thing would tell you you're only going to make things worse but in fan fiction that's not how it works um right. you don't end up accidentally making hitler like win president. the war right <laughs> yeah not um, that's not by going back term. in time and whatever um oh sorry felix is curled up on my bed he's so cute okay uh <laughs> I'm sorry, he's not usually up here. Okay. Um, so, yeah, like, I've seen it a lot, and I think I, I'm kind of of two minds about it. Like, I think when it's just kind of fun and silly and doesn't try to make that much sense, I can enjoy it more than I can when, either when it's used just kind of, like, last minute as a, what's a deus ex machina type mm -hmm. thing, mm -hmm. or when it's, um overly ex or like somebody tries to make it make sense because it just doesn't for me mm -hmm. um so i think um you know something like doctor who i like for time travel because it's it doesn't pretend to make sense it's right. literally just like we use magic to go to different places in time right we'll, um, we'll get to we'll get to doctor who in our in our second half because doctor who is like why not doctor when why don't they call it okay sorry Okay. Um, we're not gonna have that conversation. <laughs> okay, but... we're having, we're gonna have an actual real conversation, but you're generally so you're kind of on the opposite. Where like you're okay if it's like kind of silly and fun, and then you're kind of more skeptical of like places that try to be very serious with their time travel. Yeah, at least because... I'm gonna I'm gonna like judge them a little more harshly, or when it's again if it's just sort of brought out at the end or as some sort of, um, which is why it's not my favorite thing in fan fiction because. It's just sort of a, here, let's, like, bandage this situation by starting over from the beginning. Only now everybody has all the cards. And that's less fun to me. Mm -hmm. um, so I understand the impulse. Do you, 
Do you have any opinions on Groundhog Day situations? Okay, Groundhog Day is a different matter altogether. Okay. Okay, leaving in mind, never saw the movie Groundhog Day. Right, of course, Um, I haven't either. Who has? But, lots of people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But, I actually love Groundhog Day. Uh, oh, okay. Like tropes. Um, there's a well, we can get into it later, but like it's a very common fan fiction trope that I enjoy a lot. I there are a lot of episodes of TV that have Groundhog Day episodes, um, and I think they're incredibly fun. And they usually, um, again, it's like they they tend to be more on the silly side of things, mm-hmm. but you can use them to get at some sort of deeper issue. Um, mm-hmm. And I like that. Like, I like it. And I think it's fun to sort of, I mean, humor, right, comes from um, expectation and then variation from the expectation, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's, like, no better setup than, like, the same things happen every day, except then your sort of character is able to deviate from that in unexpected ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think think Groundhog Day scenarios, they do feel different than time travel, because time travel is, like it's on such a big span like we Mm -hmm. i thought that we could we might be able to start off by being like oh if you could travel back in time like when would you travel to but we've already established you would travel back to before uh jk rowling released harry potter and correct her on her you know horrible (laughs) no i and i think i feel like i have a few notes for you uh joe let's have a little conversation before (laughs) you start publishing right you're like you stop her right before she puts the manuscript and you're like here is the box here's like I'll, I just wonder how much it would fuck with someone to, like, have someone show up and be like, oh, yeah, here's, like, all the all the Harry Potter books, as you will write them. Man. <laughs> like, time travel is one of those fun things where, like, you know, I'm like, oh, what if you woke up and you're 12 again? Like, what would you do? How would you change? Like, Is that fun? That's a horrible no, concept to me. No, For one. That makes me already, I would be like, I would die. <laughs> I, would, I would die. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would not be. See, the thing is. I'm sorry for getting a little uh, a little serious here, but, like, I made it through my, like, middle school, high school years only because I was, like, a fairly mentally resilient child with no knowledge of what was, like, what the range of human experience was. If I had to go through that again with, like, all the mental and emotional scars I have already, like, I wouldn't make it out the other end. Also, this is not as... But... I really hate this thing that is also a trope that is kind of a time travel trope uh-huh. that is this, right, of, like, somebody goes back to when they're little uh-huh. or vice versa goes from when they're little to when they're what, old. a big situation? Like a big or a 13 going on 30. I don't know if that's time travel. It's, like, kind of – there's also it's, – uh, It's not really. It's really but, weird. But it's, like, they're, they're like their soul as a child travels into the – okay, not big. Big, he just becomes an adult. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. But yeah. in 13 going on 30, she time travels to the future and she, as her 13-year-old self, takes over the body of her like 30-year-old self. That's and right. the same is true of the one where Matthew Perry goes back in time and is now, maybe he doesn't go back in time, actually. Maybe he just ages down to be mm-hmm. uh, Zac Efron. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I hate that. Either way, I hate that. Okay. I really, really hate it. Gets it gets really weird. It gets so weird because, like... I don't like minds of adults in bodies of children or ooh. minds of children in bodies of adults. I do not like it. If I woke up and I was... Well, I guess if I was 12, it would be post-9-11, which would be a big relief because I'm not sure, like... I feel like morally I'd be obligated to stop 9-11 if I did... 
wake <laughs> up and like but i wouldn't have any i'd be like oh you know it's like oh crap it's like two that uh, oh sorry it's like 1998 digimon and pokemon's coming out harry potter's coming out soon oh cool i'm trans but now i know and that's gonna be really fucked up um oh shit 9-11's happening in two years <laughs> that's a lot of stuff to try to do like even if you have the mind of a 28 year old in like yeah. an eight year old like that's kind of you know that's a lot of pressure yes and I, I mean I as the with the mind of a 28 year old in a 28 year old body i would not know how to deal with all that at <laughs> once i guess that's true okay okay let's get okay let's get to what uh our listeners are presumably listening for which is we we look at time travel <laughs> and we see what the, what the stories we tell about time travel tell about us i mean are they stories about starting over regret second chances all that seems very obvious to me mm-hmm. right like time travel is literally a chance to do something over or do something different Um, But we also fear time travel, so time travel stories also often go terribly wrong. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So is that that one of those things where... um... Or maybe we don't. No, no. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I I just wanted to, like... It's not that we fear time travel, because I think most of us agree time travel isn't real. Um, But I think (laughs) we're, we're caught between feeling like, wouldn't it be great if we could go back and change things and do something differently? And no, we should be content with how we are. And it's actually really frightening to give into this impulse that like life would be better if you could do something else. And so we want something in a weird way, like having time travel go horribly wrong is a way of reassuring ourselves that like our complacence about how things are at this moment is actually better. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's right. I mean, I think um, like whenever you're about to make a big decision, there's always the huge like, what if I what if I make the wrong choice? What if like door number B is better than door A and door A is actually a disaster? And I think time travel stories, in a sense, like accentuate kind of like, what if you were able to go back in time and choose door number B, but then maybe door number A was better and door number B was actually worse. And now you have like, you know, now that you can like, Usually it's like after you've made the choice, you're locked into it. Like after mm-hmm. you know, after you decide to move to Michigan to start your indie gaming thing, you can't like not do that and also continue working at Google or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But time travel is interesting because it stretches out that moment of indecision and choosing uh, stretches out indefinitely into the future. At any point, you could like decide to like go back in time and like do the other thing so i think it's really interesting because in a sense it is like maybe these stories where time travel and it's like time travel almost never works out like it's never like oh you know i went back in time and it was you know and everything is great now um you know i did not shoot that mother at the gas station so yeah sorry that was a dark um example but but it is kind of like i don't know ultimately trying to resolve that like okay we like being able being locked into the decisions you've made is better than like forever existing as a fog of like doors untaken or roads untaken yeah i think that's right i mean i think i think that's exactly right because how could we ever make a decision mm-hmm. if we if we knew that we could find out if it was the wrong one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just think we are in a weird way. Like I sometimes tell people like, 
um, like I was giving advice to someone who was deciding what grad school they wanted to go to. And she was like, I just don't want to make the wrong decision. And I was like, I don't really think they're whatever decision you make will be the right decision because that's, you know, you're going to form connections and build a life around that decision. Mm-hmm. And so like, there's not any sort of way of saying this one would be better than this one. Once you sort of. Yeah. Even yeah. amount in terms of you're getting the same amount of money or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think that's generally true with most decisions. Obviously there are things people have done that probably you can look back and be like, shouldn't have done that. Uh-huh. But I think the vast majority of things like are small choices that, um, that you build on and therefore you kind of exactly you get locked into and opening up the possibility for rewriting your whole life. Very dangerous. I think. (laughs) Um, And creepy to be honest. There's that one romantic comedy where yeah, I was just goes, thinking about that. Yes, yes. When you say creepy, like that's the first thing I yeah. I came to. Uh, um, yeah. So like a romantic comedy where a guy goes back in time over and over again, trying to um, end up with the the girl that he likes, and so he just re- redoes situations, um, you know, to be more impressive or to like say the right thing at the right time and to like stop a breakup from happening. Um, and yeah and it like i will admit didn't watch the whole movie and that's because i got really creeped out by the beginning like there's something so manipulative to me about the concept mm-hmm. um that i did not care for it um, i think it's oh yeah i mean i totally agree that like the whole underpinning of it is like oh yeah imagine if a guy steeped in like traditional like beliefs about like the the one or whatever like had time travel powers to like i mean it's hugely it's really creepy um i mean though i think it's worth asking like and how is this different from the 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 uh, groundhog day situation which i think it is but i think like you often see the same thing in a groundhog day situation right where um you know somebody learns a lesson and like ends up I mean, I think this is what happened in Groundhog Day, even though I haven't seen it. Like, you know, ends up with the girl and gets it all figured out. Um, But I think, like, part of it is, right, like, Groundhog Day situations are not chosen. That's the Mm -hmm. thing that's creepy. It's not just that he's traveling through time. It's that he chooses to travel back in time and and, um, change events, manipulate events. It's not like Mm -hmm. unwittingly he gets thrown back in time. Like, events are going to change in that case. You can admit that. Right. if you choose to do it, that means you're deciding, okay, all the decisions that were made, including other people's decisions, yes. were not to my liking, so I'm going to go back and change the situation. Yes, that's the critical part, is, like, deciding that what other people, like, it's not about your own agency. Time travel is about manipulating other people's agency. Because, like, you know, I am extraordinarily suggestible. Like... <laughs> Just very, very much so. And I think Groundhog Day situations are ones, like you said, like they're not, like you don't want to, usually the protagonist is not willingly in a Groundhog Day situation. And there's also Right, they're usually trying to break out of it. Right. They're usually like, oh, this is cool. Maybe like the first two or three loops. And then they're like, you know what? I really would like to see what like tomorrow brings. Um, And there's also the kind of like, they, in a Groundhog Day scenario- they don't know how they don't know when the loop will end Mm -hmm. so like i don't know if this is groundhogs day usually the last loop like where they figure out that they need to like save the school from burning down is one where like they don't play like quote unquote play the game perfectly because they like already done that they're kind of bored and they're just like trying to figure out how to break the curse so they 
when they do, it's not like the one where they like magically know. Right. Uh, they're just like, oh, whoops. Like, oh, hey, it's like, you know, Sunday now. I guess I did it. And it was like, ah, geez, I like failed right. the chem test, whatever. Right. Well, so the, the, the Groundhog Day scenario, right, is the sort of terrifying um, paradox of having no consequences with the possibility of having all the consequences <laughs> at any, you know what I mean? Like you right, never right. know if it's the last loop. So you get to the point where you just sort of might assume that there will be no consequences for your actions. But at some point, if that loop breaks, what if it breaks on the loop where, you know, you burned down your house and kicked your mom in the shins? Like Right, yeah. You're right. Like time travel and Groundhog's Day scenarios are two like very distinct distinct time traveling tropes um, yeah well, and, i mean and i think oh let's go ahead oh uh, i was just gonna say like and like the major time travel stuff like of like you know tra- like changing how world war Two ends up like that when you get to that kind of scale it just i feel like we're almost talking about alternate history at that point no i think that's that's totally right i mean, I mean time travel enables the alternate history yeah um and I mean, I even, I, I read a book once that, I mean, it was a big fat book and it was about like the first half, uh, somebody figures out how to go back in time and kill Hitler. Second half, well, they went back and killed time and Hitler, in time and killed Hitler, but like, guess what? Now it's the present and there's an even worse Hitler, uh, who isn't just like anti-Semitic, but is also like, I don't know, Hates all people, all whatever. I don't right, know. I was it gonna was say like very... Hitler was like also pretty like. He was, he was also yeah. It was it was like okay. It was the it was basically the same stuff that Hitler hated, but like they more. won, so now it was like in America and in England and like okay, all right. and it was like more and... <laughs> right. Like uh, okay, yeah. So yeah. I, thought it was, I mean, like say what you will about um. Hitler. No. <laughs> <laughs> about Quentin Tarantino. Okay. Say what you will about Quentin Tarantino, uh, and I think there are a lot of things to say about him, most of them unflattering, uh, but I do admire the gumption of just like, yeah, we fucking killed Hitler. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. No, Inglourious I did not Bastards. see Well, they Bastards. just like fucking kill Hitler, and it's like, there are no consequences to this action. We're not going to be like, oh, but what if things are worse because we killed Hitler? No. <laughs> we killed Hitler, and it was awesome. <laughs> we killed Hitler. It was awesome. Everything's better because we killed Hitler. Jeb Bush, I mean, get at me. We don't see the consequences, but, like, it's, like, presented as this triumph. Um, anyway. Right. It's not, like, it. yeah, there's no, like, oh, like, what if, yeah, Gobble, Goebbels was worse, whatever. Um, I mean, and I think part of it, I guess I already said this, but I think part of it really is, like, we want to assure ourselves that, like... We live in the best of all possible worlds. Yeah, we live in the best of all possible worlds, and we're not, sort of morally culpable for the fact that we ended up in this timeline like like we it's not our fault that like oh if we could have just gone back and and somebody had killed hitler wouldn't things be better like we were like well we don't know nobody did do it and so like it's not actually that bad of a thing that nobody did it because it could be worse if somebody did do it you know what i'm saying yeah yeah and i think i think you know that's a really interesting thread to chase is that like is like, when we think about it this way, that time travel is, like, about reassuring ourselves that things, like, we're in, like, the best of all possible worlds, um, is it then, like, an ultimately very conservative trope? Like, are time mm-hmm. travel stories stories about, like, oh, like, don't, 
you don't have to change the world or what? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm making that assertion, but I don't necessarily stand by it. Like, I don't think, yeah. like, is it because time travel isn't real? Yeah, I mean, is it just realist? Um, mm. Maybe. I mean, I think this is kind of a side thing, but in, in a way it reminds me of the difference between, like, um, stories of post-apocalyptic survival versus stories of, how am I trying to say this? Like, stories where it's about, like, everything is terrible, but we're, like, we have to survive versus everything is terrible. We don't deserve to survive. Oh, I um, see. Mm-hmm. Because I think like ultimately there's one position that is realist and it's not, I mean, maybe we don't deserve to survive, but like, <laughs> uh, or, you know, our societies don't deserve to survive, but, um, but is that like a realist position to hold? Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, like there's no use sort of weeping over the past is that the most real, I mean, real, sure there's you sweeping over the past, but you know what I mean? Like you can't change the past and that's just a realist position to hold. Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry. That was a bit of a, no, no, I think, I think that's interesting. Um, I think that's, that's really interesting is like the, the difference between like post apocalypses where, right. Where like human, like where it's no use trying versus ones where there is, I guess. Um, right. I guess I'm I'm kind of thinking about like um Broken Earth trilogy, which is basically where where it really does feel like it says like okay, your society is evil, the things it's built on are evil, why do you get to exist? Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a really intense radical political question to ask, but I also don't know that I can ever land on the answer of okay, don't exist. Like yeah. all the things that exist now don't exist. People don't exist. Like we just need to like clear it out and start over because I can't, to me, that's just not a realist position. Mm-hmm. I think broken earth. I, I would, yeah, I think the broken earth trilogy and we're going to go as on a tangent, but I want to talk, talk about it. Cause it's a great book. Please read it. Spoilers for the final book uh, for the whole trilogy. So read it and then come back to us. Um, the, because when you're saying like, doesn't evil, society deserve to survive does humanity deserve to survive these are like basically the questions that nasus is that nasen asks herself in the third book essen 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 is who's the daughter is essen the oh daughter? the daughter no that is the i think daughter is nasen i don't remember okay all right sorry we'll just say daughter the daughter but like so alabaster at the beginning makes that decision um to destroy uh the citadel and the entire civilization and like basically but like at the end there is this question of like do i wipe out all of humanity considering like all the evil that has it has done mm-hmm. or do i um or do do we try do we try again um right. and that's an interesting and that also comes up in um the power too weirdly enough like the voice <laughs> yeah, of god is like you know you fucked up and you know, we're just going to try, like, I guess we're trying again, like, um, with, uh, like, very little success. Well, and the other thing with um, with Broken Earth Trilogy in the last book is we also get the glimpse of this earlier society that in most ways seemed like a very ideal society. Yeah. It seemed very um, equitable. It seemed like there was a lot of, um, you know, energy, sustainability, like, a lot of thought about... Um, you know, building something better from 
whatever society had been there before that had been wasteful and over the top and blah 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 but it's still fundamentally built on the uh oppression of a class that it created to subjugate Mm -hmm. um and that society again spoiler alert like is destroyed um and and in a sense like that feels like a justified thing that happens um i think there are you know i I don't think it's ever answered like yes or no this is in in a way i think it's the book argues both have both this both decisions have like moral um morality behind them and mm-hmm. immorality behind them you know there are yeah. there are moral reasons and immoral reasons to continue a society that is built on oppression right yeah and it's so intense just because it speaks so directly to america's current moment like um and you know even you know america specifically where like you know the like black slavery continues to the current day um right and it's, and it's like do and I think, you know, it's not a, something I feel comfortable, you know, saying anything about. Like, I would not, if I had a switch, I, like, if I pull it, like, you know, giant earthquakes will rock across America, destroying America as a government or whatever. I would not be pulling it. Um, but I think it's very radical for the Broken Earth trilogy to sort of, like, consider, like, kind of, like, cons- consider burning it all down. Yeah. Um, because, you know, there are times when I, like, look at America and I'm like, you know, well, are we capable of any, like, are we capable of anything better? Right. Um, can something grow from rotten fruit, right? Right, yeah. Like, is, yeah, like, can something, like, we're at a moment where a lot of the sins of society are, are coming to pass. Um, and do I go back in time and kill George Washington? You know, whatever. Um <laughs> to you know ineffectually try to bring it back on track um i mean ultimately man i do not know i have no (laughs) (sighs) i mean this is actually this kind of interesting because um i was saying i went to um see a bunch of plays last week and one of the plays i saw was julius caesar um it wasn't a great production of julius caesar to be honest um i recommend the one that they screened i think it was national theater screening that had Ben Wishaw in it I recommend that higher than I do this particular uh Julius Caesar but I went to a talk about it um about this production and in the talk the the um the man giving the top talk actually sort of opened up by saying you know would it have been better to go back in time and kill Hitler and sort of bring bringing up all these questions that we're talking about um and saying that um in, in the play of Julius Caesar, right, is uh, brood- I You know the plot of Julius Caesar, right? Yes. The, the, like, these Romans are like, hey, I, I know Caesar- Julius Caesar is stabbed by senators who are convinced that he's destroying the the state. Right, because he they think that he's, going, he's becoming a tyrant, that he wants to be crowned a king, that people have tried to crown him a king, and he's said no, but he clearly wants it. Yeah. Um, and so they're like, the, like the Republic is going to die, and Julius Caesar is going to become a king. Um, and so these like yeah, Roman centers conspire to kill him. And basically, in their minds, what they're thinking is like, we are preventing future atrocity. Mm-hmm. Like nothing has happened yet. He hasn't even accepted the crown yet, but we are preventing it from happening in the future. Um, and. 
in the end, that kind of throws everything into chaos and it doesn't work out that well. Um, <laughs> right. But, but like the question remains of like, in, in the moment, how do you make that kind of decision that from the future seems so obvious? Um, and like, would making that decision make things better? Like maybe, maybe Caesar would have been a tyrant, but like, would it have been better to let him live or whatever? Um, uh-huh. My point being less that I don't I don't necessarily think like I think we've talked about all these issues a bunch, but I think it's very interesting how time travel comes up as a way of understanding um, politics in this in this yeah, way, like sort of reflexively, yeah. like understanding. I mean, the the guy who was giving the the talk said some stuff that was basically like you know it may seem like. Uh, you're in a situation where it might be better for someone to be assassinated, but we don't necessarily know that that's the case. Um, oh, jeez. And I was like, oh, my. Uh, but, uh, but like, I just, like, the way that we sort of, we think about time travel as a way of considering um, alternate timelines, alternate possibilities, and, like, that seems like the only way we, we know how to, not the only way, but it, it seems things? like it, it seems a particularly interesting way that we use to think through through these things. This like sort of like sci fi fantasy lens to think through politics. Mm-hmm. And oh, we're like kind of getting getting down there. Do we want to talk about some specific things a bit more? Yeah, I think we do. Okay. I, I have stuff I want to talk about. You um, go. You sound excited. I do. I am excited just because there's a lot of. I think time travel. I think I've, I'm excited because I feel like I've seen a lot of kind of interesting takes on time travel. Um, okay. One book that I really like called Version Control um, that I read last year is um, co- considers basically this interesting consequence-free time travel in that after you've made changes to the timeline, like the like you, you the person making the changes, cease to exist. Um, because like the timeline has like changed or whatever, but mm-hmm. basically it's like you can you can fix things, and then after you're done fixing things, after a certain period has passed, um, I'm not actually completely clear on how time travel works, but it's like you can try to fix things, and then you won't have to deal with the consequences of it. You will like cease to exist, uh-huh. and you can just sort of like, like I did, you know, I did kill Hitler. I did stop. It's like kind of near future, so it's like. I mm-hmm. did stop the secession of South Dakota from the United States. It's like, okay, I don't have to worry about, like, I don't have to worry about if I did the right thing or not. I just, like, I know I tried, and that's good. Good enough. Um, yeah, like, there's an, in, in, the, in the main timeline, the America basically is careening towards a civil war. Um, and it's... Okay, here, I was just like, did you think South Dakota was like one of the confederate states but i get that this is an example from the book okay right right yeah sorry <laughs> no no <laughs> no like, no mm. i did not think that south dakota was you know participated in the civil war uh, <laughs> no no yeah this is like a near future like there are a bunch of like libertarians are like camped out in south dakota and they split off but that's not even the core of the book is about like you know this small family and like <laughs> and yeah anyways it was this interesting like it's time travel, but, like, as long as you try your best and you're at peace with your decisions, like, you're good. <laughs> you don't have to worry. You're... 
Yeah, that that is interesting. Hmm. Yeah, and I think that was like because it like directly talked about um our what well, we've talked about like time travel as a way to explore like consequences or like the the weight of like being able to choose both doors because like effectively mm-hmm. you're like I'll fix the mistakes I know about and if I introduce more mistakes like eh. <laughs> <laughs> um so so that was one and another one that's like kind of unrelated but I did I also want to bring up was Looper um which is a time travel movie starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt for a, and Bruce Willis surprisingly um from a while back um and I wanted I to, remember it yeah and I wanted to bring it up because it was one of those movies where the movie explicitly is like don't worry about how this works like this doesn't make sense if you try to make it make sense Right, like, Bruce Willis says basically those exact words to, like, younger Bruce Willis or slash older Joseph Gordon-Levitt says it to young Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like, <laughs> don't wor- like, don't worry about it. It's time travel. Like, I'm here. You're here. Um, chill out. Um, and I thought it was actually a pretty enjoyable movie, even if it, parts of it did not make any sense. I remembered enjoying it. I don't really remember it, though, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, I have much less interesting examples. I have sort of the obvious one. So we talked about Harry Potter already. And yeah. uh, it's Time Turner. And this idea of you sort of have the 24-hour window. And J.K. Rowling sort of neatly avoids having to deal with any kind of paradox or whatever by basically being like you have to avoid your other self and it all works out fine uh-huh. um except in the cursed of child, course apparently. in the cursed child um i guess spoiler alerts for the cursed child i read the thing i didn't watch it or anything but um harry <laughs> sorry harry's son uh and and harry's son uh albus severus and draco <laughs> malfoy's son scorpius go back in time and save the life of Cedric Diggory. Thank you. Oh, and this cool. causes a lot of problems. Cedric Diggory needed to die, apparently, because shit went down if he didn't. Um, lots of bad stuff happens. It's really ridiculous. Um, so do they so kill Cedric Diggory? They let him die. Okay. I mean, they change it so that he does die, I think. Okay. Okay. I actually, don't, it's been a while. I, I read it shortly after it came out um like it ends with like like you know severus albus severus like pointing a gun at cedric's head and being like, you have to die i can't let you live <laughs> that's not quite that bad though it is kind of sad because a lot of this is brought on by the fact that like cedric's dad is like no one cares about my dead son anymore and uh you do feel kind of bad for him yeah understandably a- i liked cedric I know. I feel like it's it's a lot. It's you know how dare J.K. Rowling say like no one cares about Cedric. He was like the first yeah. person to die to do- like Voldemort. Like that's like that at least warrants a statue. <sighs> you would think. I don't know. Um, so anyway, Harry Potter, and then um, Doctor Who is sort of the other one that I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. And Doctor Who again, sort of. Um, it it is mostly just like time travel is fun. It its premise, right, is, like, there are fixed points in time that can never be changed. Right. And so, like, basically every horrible atrocity is, like, a fixed point that can never be changed. Very Any sort of dark. big, 
turning moments in history are like fixed points. They can't be changed. So that you can't be like, hey, doctor, why don't you go like save all these lives instead of running off having like fun adventures? He does save lives. But for some reason, when he saves lives, those are only in situations that are like he could do something about it. So there's an episode where he goes and it's like Pompeii's, you know, what happens to Pompeii. Right. And, spoilers um, for Vesu- like Pompeii. Spoilers for Mount Vesuvius. Uh, and um, and the companion who's traveling with him at the time like gets very angry with him because he won't stop it. And he's like, this has to happen. This is a fixed point in history. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it's blah, not, blah, 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 blah. you know, it's not exactly like satisfying especially given all the other time travel fuckery that happens in doctor who Mm -hmm. um but it is a neat way for them to mostly just sort of do time travel and have fun and save things without having to feel like every episode has to be like going back and you know writing all the wrongs of the world remember that one where they end up with like old rose and young rose and like the doctor kills old rose yes what the doctor deliberately, like, well, they, they can't coexist because of a paradox, and the doctor, it's, re- like, the doctor reveals to Rory that, like, he, like... Okay, that wasn't Rose, that was Amy. Amy, oh, sorry, yes. Um, there is an episode with Rose, actually, where, okay. um, So does the Rose... doctor trap every companion in, like, a horrible time paradox loop at least once? Well, so in this one, Rose, it's actually a very good episode, it's in the first season, which most people haven't seen, um... And in it, Rose wants to um, see her father, who he's never seen, uh, or she's never met because he died when she was a baby. Um, And so she wants to go to the day of his death and, like, be with him when he dies because he Mm -hmm. he got hit by a hit-and-run car and no one was with him. Um, So she wants to do it, but then she, she saves him instead. Um, uh-huh. which is a problem because this was considered a fixed point type thing, um, for whatever reason. Okay, I thought and... the thing with fixed points was that you couldn't change them, not that you shouldn't change them. Oh, that's true. Well, anyway, she she does save him. Okay, and uh, and something then she bad, has to like, kill him. <laughs> kind <laughs> of like okay, so she saves him, and then all these other things happen, um, and and like time starts tearing itself apart, and it's really sweet because the doctor like is trying to find a way to like fix the situation but the way to fix the situation is to like have her dad die like he was supposed to um and so there's like a lot of things going on but at one point uh she is um she sees her mom holding her as a baby and she's warned like do not touch that baby that is a paradox like there cannot be two of you at once like touching each other that's not going to work Mm-hmm. Um, but then, of course, at one point, she gets handed the baby, and uh, time just kind of starts falling apart. <laughs> oh, um, okay. It's it's a very... I really liked it as an episode, and it sort okay. of plays with some of this, but it's mostly just an excuse for sort of this, like, emotional journey where, um, you know, someone gets to sort of figure out her relationship with her dead father, and then also, like, gain more trust and whatever, love with the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um I thought you were going to be like, she was like, oh no, I'm going to be, I'm going to be late to see my dad before he gets hit by a car. And then she, of course, accidentally hits and kills her dad. No, she is not going to be But she, she does like, her dad realizes that like, oh, this is what's going, like, they talk. He figures out what's going on. Um, 
and he realizes he needs to be hit by the car. So he like goes out and lets himself get hit by a car and die. But then she does go with him and sit with him when he dies. Okay, sure. She does not so have that to does, like... So that does change history because in the past she'd been raised being told that her um, her dad had died alone. Mm-hmm. And then we sh- we cut to like a different thing where she's being told like, oh, her dad had this woman stay with him and she stayed with him until he died. Um mm-hmm. And again, it doesn't make that much sense then if you like press on it, but <laughs> um, but it's real, it's real sweet, um, right? Yeah, I think I think this is kind of like what I I feel like it's there's a lot of like emotional moments for time travel to work, um, mm-hmm. especially I think okay, so this is this is me showing my like weeaboo nature, but so there's this anime called uh, Good Start. Oh, okay. Just kidding, just kidding. Come on, Molly. What I can't are... judge. I can't judge. Okay, so it's called, uh, well, it's the, it's just called, I, I forget the full name. It's like Madoka something something. Um, Magical Girl Madoka. Ma- Madoka Magica. Uh, Puella Magi Madoka Magica. Sorry. So anyways, okay. it's just, it's the premise is like girls are approached by like a strange being that offers them to grant them one wish if they like turn into like magical girls who like fight witches. It's revealed that the strange being is actually like harvesting the like basically at at every point the girls who become magical the magical girls like lose faith in their purpose and they become witches and they have to be destroyed um and that the being is like like you know from a civilization that you know harvests energy from the destruction of witches um so like it's this whole like uh very capitalist system um i actually i actually like it a lot um okay. anyways at the end you find out that this one person um uh, they're trying to prevent like basically the the end of the universe scenario like ultimate witch coming into play at the end of the universe and they find out that it's because uh one of the girls called a homura has like been rewinding time over and over again to try to like save the life of this like one other girl um and each time she does that she like charges herself up more so like she Mm. always fails and like the time when she fails and she doesn't rewind time is the time she becomes like the ultimate witch which will like end the universe and it's very sad it's very sad i'm not doing justice to it but i was i'm such a sucker for like like i don't know just like they're trying like she's trying and she's like losing her ability to like relate because she's like putting herself so much into the mission whatever um the question okay go for it would you consider when marnie was there time travel yes i would consider it time travel oh boy that's right i didn't god when marnie was there <sighs> sorry um <laughs> anyways okay, the only thing i the other thing i want to mention is that what's it called again here suit here suit the Hirsute. short story it's a short film where a man who is hairy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's called hirsute. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Go on, go he on. is a hairy man, and he goes back in time and like seduces himself, and right. also some other stuff happens. It's actually pretty dark, but <laughs> it's kind of dark, but it's very funny because you know the guy's like, oh, like if I if I figure out time travel, I'll come back now, and then like the guy shows up. And yeah, and and he's like, oh, where am I going to sleep? He's like, oh, yeah, I'll just sleep in your bed. And he, like, starts, like, stroking 
his his own legs, I guess. And the other guys like kind of freaked out and also like, why are like why are like why are you hairless? And he's like, oh yeah, I shaved it all off when I became a time traveler or whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah, and like yeah, and he's like, wow, why is your skin so smooth? And he's like, oh, I shaved it off when I want to be a time traveler. Like, do you want to go further? And then like the other guy gets like really freaked out uh, over the prospect of sleeping with himself. He's like suave cool metrosexual time traveler self um it's very yeah. weird it's very it's, odd it's, a, it's weird and more stuff happens you should just watch it i think you can just google it's like it a 12 minute it. video yeah um, it's like h-i-r-s-u-i-t e yeah, i don't think i'm not sure if there's an i there is it, it's like h okay anyways google oh, s-u-t-e no i think you're right h-i-r-s-u-t-e yeah that sounds right it was like a twelve minute video. If you if you're at a party and you really want to like destroy the vibe by turning it into like one of those things where everyone shows each other YouTube, show them this one. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. It will get them talking. <laughs> and another another one that I want to bring up before we close out is Ghost Trick, which is actually one of my favorite games ever. Um, and the conceit is that you're a you're a person with the ability to travel back in time five minutes before someone dies by touching their corpse and you're able to like stop their stop them from dying basically so like so the it usually consists of you meet you you stumble upon a corpse you talk with their ghost and their ghost is like that car came out of nowhere and you're like aha so like you perform the ghost trick i i assume or something you go back in time five minutes before and then, like, you, ha- your only ability is you can only switch two objects that are, like, the same shape as each other. So, like, actually, that's actually, like, how you avert death, basically. And mm-hmm. if you fail and the person dies again, you just, like, go back in time a second time. You just, like, you can keep trying until, like, you avert the death, which is, like, very clever. And occasionally you get, like, very funny things. Like, there's one puzzle where, like, yes, a, a car, like, crashes into a restaurant and killing a person. And one of the things you can do, like, on a second loop, is you can, like, depress the seat switch of the driver's seat, causing the seat to go recline all the way. The driver loses control of the car and, like, crashes into the restaurant, killing the person. And then the person's ghost is like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen when you <laughs> did that? And you're just like, I don't know. I thought I was just going to try it out. Um, it's a really delightful book and a really delightful story. And I think it has like a great, just like the best time travel twist I think I've ever seen pulled off. I would highly recommend it. It's a, it's a fun it's art. A game? Yeah. Ghost trick. Um, it's on like, it's on like iPad. Um, it's on like the DS. I'm, I'm not sure if you can get it anywhere else, which is a really big shame because I love it to death. Um, um, cool. I think there was a TV show with that premise, but it was not very good. It was called True Calling. Um, and it was more than five minutes, maybe like 24 hours before someone's death. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, five minutes. Yeah, five minutes is pretty short. Yeah. Um, I also, this is not really, I just wanted to throw it in because I realized I hadn't said it when we were talking about time loops. But my favorite time loop story i think my favorite one is um from the adventure zone oh yes of course um i just like have to give a shout out to that because there's a there's a um arc in the first campaign of the adventure zone Mm -hmm. um that is a 
is a time loop arc um and it's so well done like it's really impressive that like a person dming a game and just like leading an unscripted story of three people who don't even know what's going on like can tell a story that well using that particular kind of device Mm -hmm. um really impressive to me and just a lot of fun yeah i think i think there's a lot of so this is a um, actual play podcast where people like play through D um called adventure zone i think it's really cool i would love to host like a short campaign where like groundhog day scenario was the conceit i think that would be a lot of fun yeah um, i think there's a lot of ways you can go groundhog day au you know consider it it's true i mean that is i like i said pretty common, common. yeah right. <laughs> um there's even like a hallmark christmas movie oh yeah 12 days of christmas the 12 days of christmas which i really enjoyed um okay which, is, which wait she breaks out of the loop by getting with by having a date for christmas is that like how it yeah it well and it's by getting with she yeah basically she was set up on this date and she like ends up missing it because she's still hung up on her ex and then she like meets the guy and she kind of likes him but things go wrong and then like the day starts over so she does it again but this time so like sometimes she's trying to win back her ex but obviously that's the wrong choice and then sometimes she's like getting to know the guy better and she realizes that like she should be with him and obviously this happens 12 times <laughs> and then on the 12th time like you know she like makes it work like she makes it to the date and he likes her and she likes him and they, and they like save kiss, the orphanage or something and they break the no it's never anything that dramatic okay Maybe actually. There's like there's no, this thing about so. an orphan. There's an orphanage, isn't there? There's like an a orphan that like there's they an... chase down like an alleyway. I saw like the last like twenty minutes of this with you. Okay, maybe. Okay, maybe. I don't, okay. I've watched so many bad Christmas movies; it's hard to keep them straight. Um, which, if you're curious to hear more about that, we do have an episode Christmas romances. Check it out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Please. Um. All right, let's wrap up and uh, say what we've been up to reading, watching, mm-hmm. etc. Uh I've been I need to start reading real books again cuz all I've been doing is like playing video games. Uh last That's fine. That's your I, job. It is, but I want like I feel like I need you you for any like creative job, you need like a plethora of like perspectives and like I feel like I should read Lincoln and the Bardo or something. Like that's a that's a very well-known book that's like, you know, a fusion of poetry and etc. Um but I've been playing Enter the Gungeon, um, which is, again, because it came out for the Switch. Um, it's a, you enter, there is a dungeon that's gun-themed. Um, I might have mentioned this before. Um, I think so, so. Yes, everything is a gun. There's, like, the Beholster, the Ammo Conda, the Gorgon. Um, so, like, every enemy is gun-themed. Um, the enemies you fight are, like, bullets wielding guns, and there's, like, whatever. Um, it's very silly. I think it's funny how how hard the game leans into its premise, and yeah, I mean, I've been enjoying that even though it's pretty difficult. Cool. How about you, Molly? Well, I um, like I said, just saw a bunch of plays. They were very good. Some of them were very good. I saw a production of Coriolanus that was amazing. Like truly, I think they're filming it, um, and maybe we'll be screening it various places and if for whatever reason a theater like usually it's an indie theater around you um or an arts arts theater type thing if they are screening Coriolanus um this production uh I highly recommend it it was amazing 
Um, I also saw a great production of An Ideal Husband by Oscar Wilde, which I did not know the play. Um, and it was really fun. It was like, it was really fun, but it was like a little deeper than um, Wilde's most well-known play, which uh-huh. is The Importance of Being Earnest, which is just a a froth. Yeah, froth. yeah. Froth, <laughs> um, and froth it's is fun. Good. It's just, but there's like literally no depth to it. That's sort of the point. This was like a little deeper and had a little bit more going. Apparently it was his favorite of his. No, I might be misremembering that. It might have been his favorite of his comedies. Um, and yeah, so I did that. And then I've been reading. I read um, The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood, um, which was a really interesting experience because it was, I, I read it before, but it was very different than I remembered. Um, beautifully written. The politics were a little strange. Um, she really, really, really sidesteps race in like to a degree that is shouldn't be shocking to me, but was. Um, yeah, it, underground very, female road. Yeah, she does use the phrase "underground female road," which <laughs> is very bad. Um, so it does. I mean, it feels it feels dated, and it feels like it was written by a middle class white lady, um, but it is beautifully written. And I read uh, Gail, Jones's, Gail Jones's Coria Ghidorah. I don't know if I said the Coria Ghidorah, which is just super, super depressing. Um, and about, like, legacies of abuse and slavery. Um, and then I just finished Octavia Butler's Parable of the Sower, which was mostly pretty good, except for one thing about it that I really, really hated and I wish she had not done, which I won't give away, but if you follow me on Twitter, you probably saw me complaining about it. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, otherwise I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so just kind of doing that and still watching Elementary. So, that's where I'm at. Cool. Oh, no, wait, there's one more thing. I watched this Chinese drama on Netflix called A oh. Love So Beautiful, and it was so cute. I mean, it was, like, it was terrible in all the way that, like, these any of these sort of, like, soap opera dramas are terrible, uh-huh. um, where it's, you know, this girl who's, like, wonderful and adorable and cute and kind and, like, great in all these ways and maybe is bad at school, but, like, you know, she's pretty excellent, is into this guy who's, like, a rude asshole, um, and it takes him forever to stop being a rude asshole. But despite that, it really, really won me over. It was really sweet. Um, and I liked it a lot. Um, and all the like all the side characters were really good, too. Um, mm-hmm. Her friends and everything. It was, I don't know. So if you're looking for something like that that's, like, fun, um, a little bit serious, but mostly it's just twists and turns and romance um, and whatever, friendship, uh, it's, it was, I liked it quite a bit. So it's called A Love So Beautiful. Oh. Also, the lead guy in it is very attractive. I want to. I want to shout out secret the time travel oh movie we did not mention. It is. That's I have. I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't know how it holds up. Molly, you'll have to like, you know, tell me. But it's like this very silly uh, romance action. Like it's just like a romance movie about like music boarding school or something and like these this like time travel like you can go back in time when you play a song on a piano and it's great it has the most over dramatic ending of like any movie i've ever seen it's so great are you kidding so over the top 
No, I mean it was really fun. But it is it is really fun. It has a point where like it is just it's just silly. At at one point in the middle, there's a piano duel where like two, that's still the best part. Yeah, two men are like basically like trying to outplay each other on the piano, um, for like this rare manuscript, and it's just ridiculous. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. So that's that's us. Um, so in exciting news, Alice is coming to visit me next week. Yeah. So we're hoping to record an episode or two while we're, you know, in the same room together. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. Um, and so listen for that in two weeks. Heck and yeah. If you have any else? suggestions, drop us a line at storygutscast at gmail.com. Otherwise, we'll just try to figure something out uh, the day before like we usually do. Um, you can follow, not to put ourselves on blast, Molly, sorry. No, <laughs> so true. It's um, true. You can, you, can fig- you can follow us on Twitter at um, either StoryGutsCast at Twitter, um, but, uh, or like us individually, we actually tweet this more. Uh, we tweet more on our personal accounts. Uh, I'm at Alonculus, A-L-O-N-K-U-L-O-U-S. And I'm at the Molly Jean, that's the M-O-L-L-Y-J-E-A-N-N-E. Yep. Um, yeah, and you know, as always, we really appreciate listening. Let us know what you think. And is that it? Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, this this has been Story Guts. All right, stay hungry. Wow.